You know, sometimes you'll hear us say or me say or others say that, um, you know, Christianity in general is kind of forgotten about the Torah. And that certainly might be or is the case with certain laws. It certainly ain't the case when it comes to some of the stories. And in the Torah portion today, uh, for this week, there's a story that, well, it makes its way into many, many sermons. It's a pretty common one. So just to give you the little lowdown, the Cliff Notes version of it, for those of you who used to use Cliff Notes in school to cheat, here's the little cheat sheet for the Torah portion. So the children of Israel actually had the idea, let's, let's go spy out the land. It really wasn't God's idea. We learned that from the Torah. But Moses said, okay, sounds good. So 12 spies, one from each tribe, leaders, decides to sneak into the land of Canaan, hid behind the bushes and the, the palm trees, checked out the land, and the land was good. Because when the Lord is giving you a land, it's got to be good. Because the, land, the Lord only gives good things to his children. So the land is good. And the fruit is good. Not only is the fruit good, the fruit is big. Because when God gives a land, the fruit is big. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and self-control. Fruit's big in the kingdom. Come on, somebody. The fruit of the kingdom is big. The fruit of the spirit is love, and joy, and peace, self-control, and faith. And the four others that I'm forgetting. Patience. What else? Goodness. Kindness. Long-suffering. The fruit, self-control, the fruit is big in the kingdom. Don't ever forget that. The fruit of the kingdom is big. That's why they had to put the grapes on the pole and have two people carry this little cluster of grapes. Why? Because the fruit of the kingdom is big fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. The fruit of the kingdom is big. So they come back with this amazing report of the land of milk and honey, which probably means there were a whole lot of cows and a whole lot of bees. Right? That's probably what it means. Paulus says, no, it's much more spiritual than that. But, there's that B word. They come back with a but. Sometimes we've got to kick these butts 
in the butt when they go against what God is seeing, what God is giving, what God wants to do. But they came back with a butt. And it was a pretty big butt. They said, there are giants in the land. Enemies are there. Sons of Anak, the Nephilim are there. And they're too big for us. So the land is good. The fruit is good. But it's too big for us. The enemies are too big. They would consume us. They would consume our children. We can't go in. Ten of the spies brought that report, infected the whole community of Israel. Two of the spies, Joshua and Caleb, had a different report. Caleb, Caleb, about coming back, right after all those bad reports, I love this response. He goes, we can take it right now. Like, let's go. Like, let's just go. This is a guy that knew that when God is for you, who can be against you? And they're like, no way, we can't do it. It's too many enemies. The Hittites and the Schmittites and the Flittites and the Blittites and the Schmittites. They're all there. Not only that, the Nephilim are there. And they're like, that's all. We can't take it. And Joshua goes. And some of these lines are great. We have to, like, highlight and bookmark those lines. Because when we're feeling fearful, they're bold statements. Those giants are bred to us. That's good. That's good. God has removed their protection. Which means that Joshua knew that the people of Israel had the authority to go in. Which means that the people were bigger. By sight, yes. By worldly standards, yes. I guarantee that they were a lot bigger in size and in stature. I guarantee that the enemies were like hordes and probably in the natural would overtake and consume the Israelites. But God, there's a but, but God. There's a but, but God. All things are possible with God. And God might call us to do things that are a little bigger than our abilities. But the children of Israel said, no way. And there was a mutiny. And they said, let's go back to Egypt. Let's get a new leader, and let's go back to Egypt. And there was this mutiny, and they wanted to be done with, it, with Moses and all the leaders. Go back to, Israel, uh, to Egypt because things were better there. All of a sudden, here comes Daddy. Shoom. Not good. Says, get out of my way. I'm going to consume them all. Moses, I'm starting over with you. So much for the God of Jacob. I'm now going to be the God of Moses. So much for the people of Jacob. It's going to be the people of Moses. You and your wife better have a lot of kids because it's starting with you and going from there. And Moses did what Moses does. He intercedes. God on his face. And he reasoned and wrestled with God and said, no, God, please don't do that. Please don't do that. Don't kill the people that you have redeemed. The people of the nations are going to look and say, see, he brought them out of Egypt just to kill them. Don't do it for your name's sake, God. And God said, all right, I won't kill them, but they're not going in. Everybody 20 and older, 
is not going in. Their children will go in because they said the land is going to consume their children. Their children are going to go in, and the land is going to consume them. Tough punishment. So instead of going this way, Israelites, do a reverse engine and go into that desert, and you're going to stay there for 40 years. Until the last of you drops. And then your kids are going to go in and take the land. The next day, the Israelites get up and they go to Moses and they say, we're sorry. We're going to go in and take the land. And Moses said, that's not a really good idea. Because remember when Joshua said that God took away their protection? That's gone now. He took away your protection. So if you go in, it's not going to be successful. Same battle. But God changed the paradigm there. And now if you go in, things are not going to work out so well. So they go in anyway, and they get whooped. And that's the story. What do we learn from this? Because it says in one place, you know, Paul, the Apostle Paul, said all these things happened to the Israelites in the wilderness for our benefit. Which means that all of these stories and all the lessons that they learned is for our benefit. So we're not out in the wilderness doing specifically what they're doing, but certainly God calls us to do things and has obstacles and challenges in front of us that are bigger than us. But when God is calling us to it, Today, I want to give you an encouraging word. Today, I want to give you an encouraging word. Because the children of Israel, what did they lack? Courage. So today, I want to give you an encouraging word. An encouraging word. I don't know if you ever realize that the root of the word encouraging is courage. So what is courage? What is courage? Courage is the, is the agreement. What is divine courage? You know, like there could be courage in the world, and that is not what I'm talking about. I am not here to convince you to go and skydive or put on a wing flight suit or to do anything like that. You might have earthly courage, and God bless you. But there's a divine courage that God calls us to when he puts something in front of us that is in the natural too big for us but God. Because if he calls you to it, he'll give you the ability to take that land. And when you receive that word and say, this is too big for me, but you've called me to do it, so I'm going to go do it, I'm going to step forward, that is divine courage. That is divine courage. We see the word courage only sparsely up until this point. Fast forward to the end of the Torah, at the end of the book of Deuteronomy, and Moses is talking to Joshua. Moses already knows he's the one that's not going to go in. It's going to be Joshua that's going to go in. Moses is starting to tell him, be strong and courageous. Do you know those verses? Be bold, be strong and be courageous, for the Lord is with you. And then we see that multiple times up to the end of the Torah. And then in the beginning of Joshua, Joshua being encouraged, be courageous. Be courageous, meaning that I've called you to this thing. I know it's bigger, but I'm with you. I've called you to this thing, and I'm with you. 
I've called you to this thing. I know it looks big, but I'm with you. But I'm with you. But I'm with you. Today, I want to give an encouraging word. Encouraging. Encouraging. Because we all go through these circumstances where things are bigger than us. It was spoken about over the children. Maybe the Lord is calling you to go and talk to somebody else about him. And did you ever get a little bit of fear to approach a stranger and to pray over the stranger or to talk to the stranger? But you do it anyway because the Lord called you to do it? That's courage. That's courage. And we need courage in this hour. We need courage in this hour. When we see the word, be courageous, so much at the end of the Torah, at the end of the books, and even into Joshua when he's going to take the land, you know what that means? That means it's a word for the end times. And we're here now at the end. So that's a word for the end. It's a word for this hour. Be courageous. Be courageous. Have courage. Be encouraged. Have courage in you. Courage is not the absence of fear. I want everybody to know that. Because some people may think that if you're experiencing fear, then there must, you must not be walking like exactly as you should be walking. And God does not give us a spirit of fear. But courage doesn't always mean an absence of fear. Courage may mean that you still feel the fear, but God. I have a feeling that when Joshua took the land, he was probably a little bit afraid. Why else would God continue to encourage him with the words, be strong, be courageous. Be strong, be courageous. Be strong, have courage, have good courage, it says in, in some translations. Be strong. And of good courage. Why? Because he needed that. Why? Because you may need that. Just because you're feeling the fear, it doesn't mean you can't be courageous. Sometimes we have to go forward with the fear. I saw a meme once that said, speak the truth even if your voice trembles. The fear doesn't stop walking in the promise of God. When God is telling you to do something... We have to do it. And this is walking in the spirit. And this is a word for the end. This is a word for the end times. In fact, in one place, Yeshua said, it was in Luke, where he said that people's hearts will melt with fear in the end, in the end for all that's coming to the world. So there is a, a word of courage that God is speaking to this generation. So be in Encouraged. Encouraged. And the people brought a discouraging voice to discourage them, to take that divine courage and, and take it out of them, to extract that out of them. So don't be discouraged in this hour. Courage may not just be the courage to do something. That the Lord is telling you to do. Courage may also be not doing something. Co 
courage is not going after that addiction, even if the craving is there. Victory over addiction doesn't have to be the absence of the craving. Victory is not giving into it, even if you have the craving. It says in the scripture in 1 Corinthians 13.10, no temptation has overcome you. That's not common to man, which means that whatever you're going through, other people have gone through it. It may feel like you're the only one in the world that's dealing with it. You're not. That's what it means. But God is faithful to give you a way out. Courage is not the absence of the craving when you're suffering from addiction, when you're struggling with addiction. Courage is the ability to say no to the drug, even if the craving is there. Courage is not the absence of fear. Divine fearlessness is not the absence of fear. It's going forward even if you are afraid. That is courage. King David is a great study in courage because he's got some lines in there that's really good, really good to med meditate on. He's got some of those like Hollywood type lines. Like, who is that uncircumcised Philistine? That's a good line. So anytime that little voice in your head comes in and tells you, you just have to shout it out. Who is that uncircumcised Philistine to defy the armies of God? You come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come in the name of the Lord, the God of armies. These are good encouraging lines that we need to tell each other, biblical verses that we need to tell each other, because I'm going to tell you something right now. You know where those 12 spies are right now? They're in your head. Because every time that you have a circumstance in front of you that is challenging, you have 12 voices in your head, and 10 of them are telling you not to do it. But the spirit that Joshua and Caleb had, that good spirit, is saying, no, I'm not going to listen to those voices. I'm going to move forward if God is telling me to move forward. I'm going to move forward if I'm feeling afraid. I'm going to move forward if I'm not. You know, another great story is Peter on the water, right? So Yeshua, they were on the water and there's a storm. And then Yeshua shows up on the water. And they didn't know what was going on. They thought it was a ghost. And then, and then Yeshua said, have courage. It is I. I have a hunch that Yeshua is saying, even in those moments, in your storms, in your life, when you're scared, take courage. It is I. That's encouragement. Take courage. It is I. So much so that Peter had his little moment of little, it probably was this conflation of brazenness and boldness and faith and courage and fear, like lumped into a little ball. And he went to Yeshua and said, give me the word and I'm jumping in. And I'm going to walk on the water. Give me the word, I'm doing it. And Yeshua said, come. Yeshua didn't say, don't do it. Yeshua said, come. And he did it for a little bit. Until he put his eye on the storm and then he started to sink. 
And then Yeshua had to rescue him and said, you have little faith, which I see, by the way, is very encouraging. I don't see that as a reprimand. When I see what Peter did, I don't see failure. I see success. I see somebody who took a step in towards the impossible. Was it perfect? It wasn't perfect. But I see success. Having courage to do something, even if you fail, it doesn't mean that it was wrong of you to do. Failure doesn't always mean that you are not in the will of God. Failure just means that you're stepping in the right direction sometimes. So I love that Peter jumped in when Yeshua said, take courage, you desire, and Yeshua said, come. So have courage. Have courage to do when you feel the Lord is telling you to do. Even if it's bigger than you. And I don't know what exactly what everybody's going through, but I know there are things in your life, there are obstacles that are bigger than you. And the equation doesn't work. But God. But God. Remember, if he's calling you to do it, he will do it. And we have to know what he's calling us to do and what not to do. This is about our walk with him. It's about our walk in the Holy Spirit. Because we see right, in this Torah portion, the children of Israel, once God put his hand, took his hand away and said, don't do it, God's hand wasn't with them. So we also need to know when God is calling us to do something. We also need to know when God is calling us not to and to back away. But God is faithful. He's faithful and he's full of grace. This is not like, let's make a deal. I think that's the show with the curtains. Was that it? Door number one, door number two, door number three, that's not God. God's not saying, like, you open up curtain number one, you're going to get a rock, and you just got to figure it out yourself. God is full of grace. If you take a step forward and it wasn't his will, as long as you have a humble heart, he will use it for his glory, for his good. All things work together for good for those who love him. And we all hear in part, we all hear in part, we all don't know precisely. You know, sometimes it's completely unclear. I think God is calling me to do this. But if you have a humble heart and a desire to serve him, he'll be with you. How do you know if God is with you? Is, is, is what you're doing sinful? If it is, he's not telling you to do it. He's with you in the tough marriages. He knows your heart, how tough marriage is for you. If you're saying, well, God knows how tough my marriage is, so he'll be okay with me having a little affair over there because he knows what I'm going through. No, he's not saying that. He's not with you in that. He's not with you in that. He's with you in your, he's in your, in your pain. He's not with you if you choose to take your pain as an excuse to sin. He won't be with you in that. But if you turn around and repent, he'll be right there. So today I want to encourage you. In courage. In courage. In this hour, we need courage. We need courage. There are situations, the circumstances out in the world require courage. It requires courage. It requires courage. It requires wisdom. And it requires courage. So be encouraged today. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. Father, I speak courage 
over everyone here. Be strong and be courageous for the Lord is with you. And when God is for you, who can be against you? Some trust in chariots and horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Father, the God Almighty. Thank you, Father. Father, I ask for all of us, for your divine courage, Adonai, in this hour, Father, when we are in circumstances that involve us to take a step forward, even if we are afraid, Adonai, I pray that you enable us to take that step, for you are with us. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Thank you, Father. And those that are here that are struggling with circumstance that's just bigger than them, the sickness that's bigger than them, the financial situation that's bigger than them, the depression that's bigger than them, and God is saying, I am with you in this. I pray that everyone here receives that from God and is not afraid to take a step forward. Thank you, Father. Father, I lift this up to you, Father. I just speak courage, encouragement, encouragement over everyone here. Don't be discouraged in this hour. Thank you, Father. In Yeshua's name, amen.